You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. What among all your work has given you the most pleasure? Probably playing JFK in A Woman Named Jackie, the miniseries. I wouldn't have thought I'd say that, but that's, uh, in a word association test, that's what came up. Actor Stephen Collins. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. seasons on the TV series Seventh Heaven, Stephen Collins played the Reverend Eric Camden, a Protestant minister who headed a family of seven. But Collins had a long and impressive acting resume before that. He was in many TV shows and movies. He was in the first Star Trek movie in 1979. But when I met him in 1994, it was to talk about a novel he'd written, his first novel, a thriller called Eye Contact. And Given the legal troubles that Collins would face a decade later, its subject matter now seems a bit problematic. More on that later. So here now, from 1994, Stephen Collins. Is this your first novel? It's my first novel, yeah. How did you, when, when did you decide that, that uh, hey, I'm, I'm a writer, I could do this? I didn't really decide to write a novel. It, it, it kind of poured out of me at first. I, I'd written a play a few years ago. Uh, and it was produced fairly successfully at a, at a summer theater called the Williamstown Theater Festival up in Massachusetts. And I was encouraged enough by it that I thought uh, I wanted to write another one. And instead of writing another one, I started Eye Contact. Uh, it kind of took me by surprise. I, I, um, I wasn't looking to write a novel. But once I started, I thought, well, maybe I can take everything I've learned about holding an audience's attention, which you learn a lot about as an actor, and, and put it into this form. And so I thought, I'm gonna, as, I, as I saw that it was a novel in progress, I thought, well, I want it to be a thriller. Because I enjoyed the discipline of, of that, the, the, the discipline of trying to make it interesting to me so it would be interesting to a reader, and trying to end chapters with cliffhangers and keep it sexy if I could. Give us just a thumbnail sketch, if you would, of where the plot takes us. Eye Contact is a thriller about what would happen if you were sitting in a restaurant and you made eye contact across the crowded room with someone who appeared to be your absolute ultimate fantasy erotic partner. And it's about what happens if you follow that through, as opposed to following common sense. Um, in, in the story, uh, my central character is a woman, a sort of an actress who's kind of, uh, shall we say, addicted to dangerous sexual activities. Uh, but who's a good person at heart uh, when she's not on the prowl. She sees this guy, and she knows she shouldn't, but she scribbles the name of a hotel and a time and a room designation on a matchbook cover and surreptitiously manages to drop it on his table when his wife isn't looking. And eye contact is really about everything that happens from the time that matchbook drops on his table. I take it uh, Nikki's common sense is in italics. Yes. Yeah. In the book, uh, in the book, I go back and forth between her thoughts and then what she does. Because I'm fascinated by the fact that we often say we will or won't do something, and then do just the opposite. I mean, it, and it starts with I'm not having the chocolate cake for dessert. <laughs> I'm, I'm on. I'm riding on the plane, and I don't need that chocolate ice cream with the chocolate sauce that's coming. I don't have to have that. And it comes, and you say, Well, I will have that. And likewise, I think sexually, we are often not all of us, but many of us, prone to the same thing. I'm not going to look back at that person. That person's dangerous. Um, 
I'm fascinated about the times that we do. I couldn't, I couldn't decide who I was identifying with more her conscious self or the, the italics, the, uh, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of italics in me, but, uh-huh. but, you know, we've all been in that situation where the italics are telling us, Hey, right. come on, stop, go home, get a good night's sleep. You know, you'll think better of yourself tomorrow for it. You know, you'll get that part that you're going to read for. But the other part of us is sitting there and we're saying, oh, boy. Well, we always think that some, this opportunity may never come again. Uh, or sometimes, I, I don't know, sometimes maybe with the aid of a few drinks, we can tell ourselves anything, which is, is also part of uh, Nick's situation. Um, yeah, it, it, that sort of behavior just interests me. And I think, I think uh, sexually dangerous activity is it's hard to write about because you, you uh, and I all throughout eye contact I was trying to make the sex exciting and enticing it has to be as exciting and as enticing as it is to her uh, to the reader uh, and it's very tricky um, because you're pushing a lot of people's buttons I'm discovering I, I did wonder where you were going to take us when she in, invited Wally to do whatever he wanted. You know, this opens up a whole range of possibilities. Yeah. I wondered, too. I truly didn't know when I was writing it. <laughs> I, I, I write in a kind of improvisatory style, and I, I usually don't know what's going to happen next, almost until, well, just before it happens. I, I truly try to surprise myself. Is the whole book that way? I mean, did you not, not know no. from one chapter to the next? I didn't for quite a, for, until I was probably about two-thirds of the way through, and then I thought, I don't want eye contact to be 900 pages long because I don't think a lot of people will read a 900-page first novel. Uh, I know I wouldn't, so I thought, uh, I'd better figure out how to bring this to a quicker close. And um, so at that point, I did outline. And uh, although when I got to the end, it, it still became different. I seem to find, and I've been talking to a lot of writers since I wrote the book, since I don't have a lot of experience, and I'm finding that many novelists write the same way, that uh, you need to surprise yourself in the same way you're hoping to surprise the reader. You also almost have to let the characters be themselves. Well, that's the thing, yeah. And uh, and it's very important. You, you, you can't... Uh, I would find that Nick Stallings, this actress, central character of mine, had a mind of her own, and I would think she was going to do one thing, but she's, gonna, she's damn well going to do something else if she feels like it. Which I, I gather surprises her as much as you. Well, she's... She, I think she's a person like a lot of us who, who, who thinks th- at times that she has the wherewithal to, uh, to do what she ought to do and then doesn't quite. Um, and, and in a way, the book is about a moment in her life when she's forced to take responsibility for, for behavior that uh, she never really had to before. And I think if, if we're fortunate in a way, that happens to all of us, if we have any sort of compulsive behavior. I think it's all, I think, you know, gambling, shopping, sex, drugs, alcohol, if you're compulsive about any of those things, they strike you in the same way. And at some point in your life, you're going to have to deal with it, I think, if you're lucky. But hopefully it'll come back to us in a little bit more benign way. Yes. I mean, this than than Nick. Yeah, yeah. Well, she has a good time along the way, and then the sky falls. That could be that could be the title of a whole other book: "A Good Time Till the Sky Falls." Good time. I mean, oh, that's, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Let me make a note of that. I'm writing a second book. I, I, actually, I'm working I, on another one. So well, maybe, I'll, always, maybe I'll steal that. There you go. Uh, feel free. I don't own a copyright or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I did often wonder. I mean, I have to always wonder when people who are in show business then turn their attention to the word processor. Yeah. Do you think in terms of scenes and shots and uh, and characters no, that way? I didn't think of it. I don't think of it 
in ter- filmically, but when I was writing Eye Contact, I think where it helped to to have been an actor is that uh, you learn a lot, particularly on stage, um, and I've done a lot of stage work, you learn a lot about this amorphous thing of holding an audience's attention. When you're acting on stage, why are they listening and why are they not listening? How do you keep them from coughing? How do you keep them from talking to their neighbor? How do you keep them from getting up and leaving before the intermission? I don't really know, but you, you, you either have that or you don't. And so I... I tried to, I tried to use that same discipline in writing, and writing's been fascinating me in a lot of different ways in my life. And I thought, well, let me see if I can. So I kept asking myself, do I need this paragraph? Do I need this sentence? Do I need this word? And anything that wasn't at the service of holding the audience's attention is gone. I hope I'll, I'll probably read it again in a couple of months and 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 uh, want to re-edit it. But uh, it's a fascinating process. Beyond this paragraph, this sentence, this word, did you ask yourself, do I need this concept? Do I need this fetish? Do I need this, uh, you know, whatever? I mean, where where was your personal boundary line? Uh, boy, that's a good question. I, I, Writing about sex is so personal, and maybe that's why I made the central character a woman. It was a little easier for me not to confuse her with myself. Um, but there's some of me in her, there's some of me in some of the male characters in the book, too. I mean, the weird thing about writing a novel is that you're constantly turning over your own experience and sort of weaving it in with fantasy. And I don't think anyone but your, in this case, my wife or my shrink, would have any idea what's really me and what isn't and where one... But it's, a, it's an odd process. And I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write an erotic novel. I just found that I was writing about what interested me, and, and sex does interest me. And I thought, well, let me see if I can make it interesting to somebody else. Gee, I didn't know. you think the publishers would think sex might interest someone else? I don't know. It hmm. seems a far-fetched idea, but... Well, it's worth a shot. <laughs> uh... After this short break, Stephen Collins recalls the one film performance of his that he wishes he could just go back and erase... back to my 1994 conversation with Stephen Collins. Was it natural from the outset that Nick would be an actress? Um, at first, I didn't know. At first, I didn't know. Uh, I only knew she was a woman standing looking at herself in a mirror. And then as I got into it, uh, I guess it, did, it was a natural thing. Again, I didn't plan it. Uh, it it, but it must uh, have made the, e- the writing easier to, because they always tell you, write about what you know. Well, I, mean, I guess uh, the idea of a woman... That that at the beginning of eye contact, she's she's on the eve of an important meeting for a film. Uh, it's the eye contact is not in any other way about the film world, and it takes place in New York City. It's not a Hollywood book, but I thought I guess I, I that handle helped me identify with her a little more because I know what it's like to anticipate a big meeting with a big important director, and I know the kinds of numbers I've done on myself in the past when I was trying to keep myself well prepared and trying to get that good night's sleep. But also, it would seem to me that it would remove a great burden from you because you wouldn't have to, in, the, in, in plotting and in getting everything in the story, right, the sentences, the mm-hmm. paragraphs, you don't also now have to worry about figuring out what she does and did I get all the details no, of that that's right. that's true. And, I, there's a lot in eye contact. I did have to research a lot of police stuff and, and things like that, but it's true. I, it, was, it was very helpful knowing the world she, lived, she, she existed in. And, and I knowing also, the kind of people who populate that world. Yeah, and also it was fun for me to get to, to use things from my life and there's a little incident in the book. It's not critical to the story, but it's one of my favorite things when, when Nick runs into a homeless woman on the street who recognizes her and does that thing that people do to actors all the time, which is, don't I know you? 
where do I know you from? And it's sort of every actor's, you, you love it and you hate it if you're an actor and you have to deal with it. Um, it's fun to take those things from my life and again weave them into somebody else. Decker unit. Decker unit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. There's not much of Star Trek in this. <laughs> I must say. I just, you know, just, I mean, not to leave the subject, but I just, just parenthetically almost, I can't, you know, all the books that I read that, that completely trash that movie, I liked it. You know, the first Star Trek movie, it was a very, it was taking on a lot. And it succeeded pretty well. I mean, it was trying to actually deal with, with, with an idea of expanded consciousness and 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 creating a new life form, and and uh, it didn't. I think it didn't have the sense of humor that the subsequent Star Trek movies had. And I well, think not only that, but you had to you you knew you, knew you had to satisfy all the Trekkies. You know, you yeah. had to do every little trick that, yeah. that all the Trekkies looked forward to seeing. It had yeah. to be, it had to be quite a burden. Yeah, it was. For me, it was just a hoot. I loved it because I didn't feel that burden, and I, other people had to worry about that burden. I, I just felt like I was uh, lucky to be there. Um, I, I happened to hate my performance in the movie. I wish I could burn every negative of Star Trek, but it's too late. It's well, out there. What among all your work has given you the most pleasure? Acting-wise? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, it's funny. Well, I should just take the first thing that jumps into my mind. Probably playing JFK. In a woman named Jackie, the miniseries. Uh, I wouldn't have thought I'd say that, but that's uh, in a word association test. That's what came up. I love doing that. I, I, I've got a chance to research it and kind of fall in love with JFK all over again, as we all did. And uh, it was just, it was something I'd always wanted to do. When when he was president and I was a kid, I I could I found I could do a pretty good imitation of him. And it was fun to actually get a chance to do it and get paid. Not that I was really trying to imitate him, but put some of that to well, use. Well, that, too, has got to be a, a tough kind of role because most people who will see a film like that know, I mean, knew what John F. Kennedy really looked like and really sounded like. And more important in a way, and also they knew what his sense of humor was like and what his sort of sexual chemistry was like because he was a very, he was a guy with a lot of, I mean, he was enormously charismatic. And so to try to capture all that was, that was the burden. We we remember him as as such an exciting and interesting and witty man, and that was tough. And see, I think that's something else that I that I that you cast a new perspective on for me in this book, and that is that the people that we see and admire on the screen or on TV or on the stage, you guys have lives outside of that. I mean, and yeah. and as good a job as you guys do on that on on the screen or on the on the stage. You have to deal with car payments or sex or, you know, who's right. going to clean your house or your mother's phone calls and things like that. All these things that could be distracting you from trying to concentrate on getting John F. Kennedy just right. Mm -hmm. Part of the joy of writing a novel, the whole time I was working on Eye Contact, I kept saying, isn't it nice not to be collaborating? Because as an actor, you're constantly collaborating with all sorts of people who can completely alter your work. And uh, as a writer... It's just me, and I, I always, always would think of it as I was working on eye contact. I think one person at a time is going to read this. You know, you, I don't have to deal with an audience of, of a thousand, even though a thousand people may be reading it in different places. It's always me and one reader, and I love that process. And it was so wonderful not to have somebody telling me how to do it. See, that's got to be very different. What are we going to see you in next? I'm going to be playing. Ashley Wilkes in uh, Scarlet, which is the eight-hour miniseries sequel to Gone with the Wind. God help me. Um, <laughs> Talk about a burden that yeah, shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, 
Well, it's done. It's in the can, so uh, we'll see. It was a lot of fun, and I, I got to work with one of my favorite directors, a guy named John Ehrman, who directed The Two Mrs. Grenvilles mm -hmm. and a movie I did with Bette Midler called Stella. And he's a real actor's director, and he put together an incredible cast. But uh, I'm, I think I'm going to not read the papers those couple of weeks <laughs> that it's on because the idea of getting compared to the original is fairly terrifying. Well, and also, once it's done, it's done. You can't yeah. go back and change it. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. And you know, kind of a book is the kind of the same way. Except with a book, you can always change it in subsequent editions. Just, oh, that's true. You that's can, good. Uh, you to know, know, you could put in a different adjective. Maybe change a semicolon. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, my editor said to me, "Don't ever read Eye Contact after it's actually published because you'll find a sentence that you want to, you know, you want to put a comma in a different place, and it'll make you crazy." I have to remind myself it's a beach book stupid i say to myself because <laughs> it really is i was really trying to write a book that you'd be happy you had at the beach or wherever that wherever the beach is in in your life and that's what i really feel proudest of i, I i've come to discover that uh, sometimes i'm lucky enough to be an artist not that often but i i do proudly think of myself as an entertainer and so eye contact is just a a, a way of of being an entertainer which i love because i love writing stephen collins is 74 now his career effectively ended in 2014 when he admitted to having inappropriate sexual contact with three underage girls years before. And you can find an easy Amazon link to Stephen Collins' novel at our website, heardeverything.com. And heardeverything.com is where you'll also find my interviews with two of Stephen Collins' movie co-stars. My 1993 conversation with Star Trek's William Shatner. You guys love practical jokes. Who was the best at it? I was by far the best, because <laughs> I was the cruelest. Did you have a favorite victim? Leonard Nimoy was my favorite victim. And DeForest Kelly, as he loses his mind. And my 2005 interview with one of his co-stars from the First Wives Club, Goldie Hawn. I wasn't picked up off the street and dusted off and suddenly found out that I was funny. You know, I got little glimpses of... The fact that I could make people laugh, I didn't quite think I was funny. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a conversation with one of the world's most renowned hairstylists to the stars. My 1990 conversation with the renowned Jose Bear. I take people who... The average person says there is no hope. She's not attractive, no way somebody can make her attractive. And I always find a way of making a particular person attractive. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Mm -hmm.